Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Welcome to Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and uh, today we are going to talk about why frameworks are so important for coaches who want to grow their business and why quick cutter systems won't help you as much as you think they would. How to be an authority of one so you can charge premium fees and prices. And the million dollar question to ask yourself if you want to grow your business. My guest today is Samantha Riley. Welcome, Samantha. Hey, thanks for having me, Mustafa. And uh, we're talking about how to stand out and get more clients. So as usual, please make sure that you like and subscribe to, to the show on whichever channel you're watching. If you have any questions, put them as a comment on the live show on social media. On the podcast, you can submit a review and ask your questions there and or reach out to our social media channels and we'll get back to you, either me or Samantha. If you know uh, other business owners, coaches, consultants, authors, healers, and the rest of them who could benefit from the conversation that we're having, please tag them as a comment so you can help them and share a message with them and share the love. Now, let me do the proper introduction here with Samantha. And we're going to dive into a very inter interesting conversation about how to stand out and get more clients. Samantha Riley is an authority position and strategist, best-selling author, speaker, host of the Influence by Design podcast, and has been on the judging panel for the Stevie Awards Women in Business category for the past two years. She has built multiple businesses over the past 28 years and grew her first seven-figure business from the ground up before she was 30. That is really nice. Samantha now works with coaches and practitioners to sell and deliver their expertise online so they can live their life by design, which is very important. Welcome, Samantha. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> Great to yeah. see you. So really good to hang out. Samantha, where about are you from? I mean, where do you live? I'm I'm in Sydney in Australia. So the complete opposite to you because I can see you're in your winter woolies and it's warm here. Beautiful day at the beach here today. And then you guys are, I'm guessing, getting to your summer season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As yeah, it's about to get opposite. like about to get like minus 40 out here. I know, crazy. I can't even imagine what that weather's like. We don't get anything even close to that in Australia. You know, we get a lot of Aussies come out here and uh, do the ski stuff. They they work during the ski season and they love it and then they party and have fun and then go back. That, that's yeah. what us Aussies do. We just party and have fun all the time. Yeah. I love it. You guys are fun to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Samantha, what is your story? How did you um, get into the um, what you're doing now? It's like, what's the back end story? Mm. So, I had a, um, a very different start to adulthood to most people. So, I actually left school when I was 17 got married and had a child before I was 18. Um, at that time, uh, I was working corporate. I worked for our local government in the finance department, which is now when I think back the most hilarious thing, because if there's anything that I really like to outsource very first before anything else, it's to my accountants, to my bookkeepers, it's all of that stuff gets gets outsourced. So um, right from the beginning, I knew I wasn't in the right place. And um, I was, I'd been there, mm, maybe 18 months and I was definitely the youngest person that was working there. We were, had a huge open plan office. There was hundreds of people working there 
And I looked up, I remember looking up one day and I can remember this so vividly. I looked up and I looked around and I was like, wow, all of these people are sort of my parents' age and older and not one of them is smiling. And I kind of had this fast forward moment where I thought, wow, this could be me in like 30 years time. And I could be this person that's not happy and that clearly doesn't want to be here, just doing the same old thing day after day after day. And um, it was that day that I went home and went, all right, I've always wanted to open a business. Um, I, I think that this might be a thing. So by 20 years old, I'd opened my first business, which was actually a dance studio. My background, I'd been a dancer since I was six or done dance classes since I was six. Um, opened up within... Uh, I think it was in, within six months, I was able to move out of our, you know, studio that we were hiring from some, you know, community centre. We had our own studio and um, we built that up very quickly. Within six months of that, we had opened our first dancewear retail store. And then, um, you know, uh, that's kind of where I started and was in the dance industry for 20 years. And that's where I really cut my chops in business. Um, Back in 2010, I separated from my husband of 20 years and um, sold my dance studio and he, he acquired the businesses. Why this part of the story is really important is, number one, I was never destined for, for corporate and I think that anyone that looks up and looks around and sees people not smiling, get out because it sucks your soul. I'm glad that I learned that story very early. Um, and the second reason I talk about this, because I found myself at just about 40, walking out of something where I had created seven figure businesses. I was multi-award winning, um, we'd won multiple awards in both of those businesses. And I walked out and thought, oh wow, I actually don't know anything. I, I didn't have a degree because I'd started in business so young. Um, and I think that this is really important because what I then went and, and created was a business where I knew that I didn't want to be back in a traditional business anymore because I didn't want to put the key in the door every day. Even though we had 35 staff, there's still you still have to open. It's still very, very different. And we still had to be there. It was location dependent. So I knew that I didn't want to be stuck in a location. Um, and, and I wasn't quite sure what I knew. So, and, and I see so many people coming out of corporate wanting to do the same thing. You know, we've seen it um, a lot more over COVID with the great resignation, people deciding that they want to, um, to leave their jobs and thinking, uh oh, what do I do? And like me, a lot of people are saying, I don't, I don't know what I can do, or I don't, I don't know how to use this knowledge. I don't know how to create um, a business on my own. So that's kind of how I got to, to where I am now. And um, it's been a really awesome journey. And um, essentially, I just created the business that I wanted, which is the story of a lot of us, right? We, um, we, we find gaps and we fill them. Love it. So <clears throat> you got married like super early and you had a baby like mm -hmm. right before you were 18. And so your mm -hmm. kids must, must be must be grown and gone now, I guess. Yeah, all three of them are, are grown and gone. Absolutely. Right. Buying yeah. houses, doing their own things now. Yeah. Good for them. And then you didn't like the corporate world. You started your own dance studio, got a divorce. Your ex bought it. And now you're teaching your expertise and what you've mm -hmm. learned over the years. Love it. Absolutely. What um, did you learn while scaling your businesses to seven figures, your multiple businesses? Mm. 
So I was really lucky in that while I was still at high school, my very first job was in McDonald's. Now, most people would be like, oh, wow, you think that's really cool that you were flipping burgers? Well, I wasn't because that was the people out the back. I was serving the burgers. But what is really cool about this story is because it was my very first job, um, and as we all know, McDonald's is a system. It is a replicable system. And from the very first day that I started there, before I even walked out onto the, the, the store floor or into the kitchen, um, when you work at McDonald's, you know, you, you put your uniform on and they just sit you down. At, in those times, it was a video. Probably now you do it all online. But the first thing you do is learn the steps of service. And you are not allowed out of that crew area until you know the steps of service off by heart. And every single thing that you do, there is a system or a process. It is so regimented. And I thought that was just the way all businesses were. So it meant that when we did open our um, our businesses, it, we did it in the in the studio and we did it in the stores, everything that we created right from day one had a system to it because it's the only thing I knew. So I feel very blessed and very lucky that that was my, you know, that that was my foundation and my basis. But if there's nothing else that anyone gets from today, and I hope they do get more than this, it's create systems for everything. Because when you've got a system, that's the only way that you can scale because the only way you can scale is to be able to have this business uh, growing without you, without your input. So the faster you can get systems in place for absolutely everything, the, the better that, you know, that you'll be able to grow, the faster you'll be able to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one thing that I wish I, I would have done when I was starting out like 20, 30 years ago was to be able to play, work in a place like McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Back then I was an idiot. I didn't know what I would get out of it. Like, well, that's not uh, an idiot, right? Because you don't know. Like, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't know. Realized. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what I'm trying to say is I was thinking like an idiot saying, oh, I don't want to flip burgers, but I didn't know that there's yeah, a okay. system to learn. So my friend's yeah. son is working, was working at McDonald's, and now he's working at Starbucks. And every time mm -hmm. I see him, I'm like, dude, learn as much systems as you can. Learn the business mm -hmm. before you come out. You probably, I was telling him like, dude, you probably don't think of this job at, I, like you don't think much of it right now but believe me 10 20 30 years later you are going to be thankful that you actually worked at mcdonald's and learned the system and the processes a hundred percent 100 and i was um when i was there i think the way that i think is i always need to know how things work so even when i was there i used to say to the managers all the time oh why do we do it that way they used to think I was crazy. I didn't even know why I was asking. I just wanted to know. And our the owner that owned our store, um, the franchise owner, he actually owned four stores in our area. He was the most successful McDonald's owner in our state. And um, he used to come in and I used to like, I used to, I remember I was just, I was quite, I'm little, okay. So I was quite short and I used to like jump on his desk and dangle my feet like a little kid and go, hey, Chris, can you tell me why I'm doing that? And he loved that there was a teenager asking, you know, showing interest in what he was doing. So he taught me so much. He taught me why he did things. And when we started our first business, I actually went to him and asked him to mentor me, which he did. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, it's a great thing to be able to teach our kids just like you have to go and, um, and get jobs in these places and start to understand why they do what they do. You know, sometimes even now, I think that it might not be a bad idea to go like serve coffee at a Starbucks or something just to 
just to learn. And sometimes the, th- the thought like just runs through my mind, you know, yeah. because they do, they do such a great job and they've created the, a worldwide um, a company, tens and tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars, and they're just doing really well. So, yeah, if, 100%. so if you're watching or listening, if you have a chance, to um, go work at a place like that, that where they've got a system, or if your kids could do it, I would probably even somehow nicely push and force my kids to go work at a place like that so they, they can thank me later, even if they hate it, so that they can apply to their life and business and work and whatever they do. Um, so mm-hmm. speaking of systems, Samantha, you talked about creating systems. How do you mm-hmm. actually create systems? This is such a cool question because this is what trips up so many people, right? Because at the time that, and I see this a lot in coaching, um, in this expertpreneur space, is, you know, we're the ones that are in the business. We're the ones that are delivering our expertise. And when we get to a point where we need the systems, we're like, oh my goodness, I'm so busy. And you kind of, you don't have time to stop and breathe because you can't drop the ball on your delivery. So I... I actually don't create our systems. I know what systems need to be created, but I don't create them. My team creates the systems. So anything that is um, uh, repeated more than twice, and I can see that it's going to continue, at that point, uh, I will take whoever in whichever, whichever department of our business, I will take them aside and we'll jump on a call and I'll be like, right, uh, we need to create a system around this. And when we're creating, a, so that's if they're creating the system. And just remind me, I want to go back to how I teach them to do this as well. Um, and they actually record what it is that they're doing. And I leave it up to them to how they want to record it, whether they want to do it by video, by Loom, or whether they want to do it by screenshots and type it. And then what they do is once they've got the system, they give it to someone else in a different department or someone else in their department, a different team member, and that different team member goes through it. And if they can't do it, then it goes back to the original team member to go through and refine it. And all of our systems are recorded on Google Drive in a training folder that all of our team has access to. Um, But this is really important. And even, um, so we had a team meeting last week and uh, to take this to the next level, I don't now. I now don't want to be telling them what systems create. So I've said to everyone, I want you to write down every single thing that you do this week, and then we're going to go back. And if there's not a system, all systems need to be upgraded. You know, by this date. So uh, we're constantly going over, revising, and making sure that we've got replicable pro- processes because that means that any. T- well, there's a few reasons. One, if a team member comes on, our team is onboarded within four hours. Done because everything is there that they need. Um, And B, it means that we're giving a consistent deliverable. We're we're delivering consistently every time, which again, goes back to what makes uh, McDonald's so successful because we don't go there because their burgers are amazing, right? We go there because we know what we're gonna get. So it gives Mm -hmm. people safety. Absolutely. So you, you gave us a great, great example of how you even you don't even do it yourself. You get your team to do it and you get them to actually update, optimize and improve the systems on their own. And mm-hmm. then if someone else comes in, they could follow it and you've got mm-hmm. it all in there. Now, let me ask a more fundamental question. And that is, what do you actually mean by a system? What does that mean to you? 
Yeah. So a system to us is any replicable process. So a system might be how do we upload a, a blog to WordPress? It might be what is the framework for our show notes for our podcast? It might be what is the, um, what is the process for onboarding a new client? Mm-hmm. Because that requires different people in different teams. So it's everything that we do what are the little pieces along the way to make sure that we can complete that so it is so think about the departments in your business your finances your sales your marketing your delivery your hr what are the processes within each of those departments absolutely love it love i'm a huge fan of systems as well i'm Mm. um, we have a we have a, a lady that takes care of the transcription of our blogs which is the transcription of the same show and when first she started with us, there was a bunch of inconsistencies, like every time mm-hmm. she did it. And then we ended up creating a 40 item checklist that she goes through for every blog post. And now they're pr- almost 100% time done perfectly. And I'm just so happy with it. And now she's like, yeah. she knows what to do. She knows what I expect. And we, we have a clear understanding of the, of the job description, how it's done. And now, it, just like you said, it is producing the recurring outcome that we're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. And it. it makes it easier for everyone and it protects your brand, right? Yes. We want that brand. consistency. And then we, we could just improve it from there, right? We could just yeah. subtract it, add it, modify it. And it's just beautiful. Love yeah. it. Um, yeah. Actually, that's a really good point that you made there. A system doesn't have to stay. Like once you've got that system recorded, it doesn't have to stay that way. It, they can be changed. Yeah, well, there's a, uh, uh, the, from there, there's just optimization and improvements. Mm. How we can ma- make it better, faster, more efficient, and you know, maybe there's wow. something we could add to to that list and make it forty two items, and then make it just way more efficient or do deliver mm. more results. Right. So, why are frameworks so important for coaches who want to grow their business? Speaking of systems. Yeah, so I so framework systems to me they're slight I use them in a different way. Okay. So frameworks, so we talk about frameworks um around what you're actually teaching. So when you're a coach or a consultant or an expert, how do you create frameworks around what you teach so that everyone understands exactly what it is you do and they understand what makes you stand out and what makes you different? And the reason I say a framework is, and I and I did get this from someone else. Um, this isn't the, the way that I would have said it, but I love it so much that a framework rather than a cookie cutter system. The difference is a cookie cutter system is you just sort of get it and plonk it down. It's exactly the same. Where a framework is we're following these sort of ideas, and then we flow between that. We we change the way that we do it. So frameworks around your messaging, around um, your deliverables are really, really important, visual models, this kind of thing, so that it's very easy to explain to people what you do. And I've got four different frameworks that um, that we um, talk about, mm-hmm. which I can go through if you would like to go through. Please do. All right. So the first framework is your proprietary framework. So what is the system that you use to um, to teach what you teach. So for example, um, we teach the freedom business formula, which are the six steps to create, um, a freedom business using your expertise. So that is design it, create it, sell it, 
build it, deliver it, scale it. So at that point, that's what I do. It's very easy to say, oh, okay, yep, now I get it. So how can you get your expertise and put it into a framework so you're able to easily explain, this is what I do. And it's not talking about, well, first we, you know, we do an onboarding session and then we look at your vision, you know, create something that is super snappy that people say, wow, I heard Mustafa talking about that framework or I heard Sam talking about that framework. It was really cool. I've never heard anyone talk about it like that before. So that's the first one, a proprietary framework. Um, the second framework is visual models. And I love visual models so much to explain what it is that um, any, any component of what you're teaching. So to create visual models, um, you generally use a circle, a square, a triangle, Venn diagram, a ladder, something that visually shows the process of what you're doing. So if you've got some sort of process that never ends, then a, then a circle or a Venn diagram might be great. If you've got a, um, a succession system, then a ladder might be great or a steps. Um, but this is a really great way to help people understand concepts. The third framework that I love is acronyms. So um, that's where the first letter of your words of your framework spell a different word and usually something um, you know that it needs to be relevant to what you're doing so i have um, a keep framework so how do you keep excited what keeps you getting out of bed every day and it's um, the framework to um, explain what it is or how to, to find your expertise that keeps you getting out of bed which is knowledge experience expertise and passion so we're, we're creating um, an acronym really easy especially in um, situations like this where you're explaining them when you're talking um, and the fourth one is word patterns um, and I actually used a word pattern in my original proprietary framework so what's a pattern in your words so I use design it create it sell it so it's a pattern or you could have a pattern where all of your words are um, the same letter so i've got um you know you could have all of your words you could have the five steps that all start with r or or you know whatever letter of the alphabet but creating some sort of pattern because we're wired to remember patterns that's why we love dr zeus so much it's those patterns that that make it easier to follow along love it so you got design did i get that right the first one is design design it design and it then, and then the second one was the visual model yeah uh hang on number one proprietary framework okay yep number two is your visual models number three is your acronyms and number four is your word patterns love it love it love it and so that is your framework that is the frameworks that any coach or expert can use to put their IP into frameworks. You can use all of those, and I would suggest that you use all of them in different ways. Love it. So within our six-step process to create a one-page marketing plan, be my framework? Am I? 100%. 100%. That's one okay. of your frameworks. Yeah. Okay. Because... because I can easily remember. So here's a really great application of frameworks. So if someone said to me, oh, I need to create a marketing plan because you've got a framework, which is your one page marketing plan, A, it creates safety because I know 
that that's what you do. It creates confidence in the buyer because they know that you've got a framework that you use. But also as someone that was referring, if someone came to me and said, oh, you know, who can help me with marketing? I'd be like, oh, Mustafa, he can do it in one page. Like it's top of mind. But how many people do we know that do marketing? It's not the other people that come into mind. It's the person that's got the framework. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's great for referrals for being top of mind. Love it. So can you elaborate a little more on the difference between a framework and a system? Yeah, so this is just the way that I think about it. So I think about frameworks as the frameworks that I create when delivering a product to my clients. Okay. So what is the way that, what is the framework we're going to use to write an email? What is the framework we're going to use to, um, to create our webinar? What is the framework we're going to use to package our IP? To me, that, that's how I use the word framework. Whereas, so that would be, let's talk about that as being the, the front of the business. So um, if you were on the stage, that's the that's that piece. And then we've got the backstage part of your business, which is the operations and that's more the systems. So everything, think of, you know, backstage, you're, all of that tech team, that is the systems. So frameworks I use um, at the front of house, the systems I use in the back of house. You got it. Love it. So what is your best advice or tip on how coaches can stand out from the rest of the pack out there? It's definitely using these frameworks. It's because there's millions, maybe hundreds of thousands, I'm going to guess millions of coaches out there that all generally do similar work. So what is the framework that you can talk about that makes you stand out? The other thing that I think is really important is niching or niching, depending, I guess, where you are. Um, and especially for, there's a lot of talk about, you know, you have to choose one niche, you know, really focus in. And there's a lot of people that push back from that. They're like, oh, but I love all these things. You know, they're multi-passionates. But in, I think instead of thinking about you doing all of these different things, if you're a multi-passionate, which I know you are definitely like marketing, that's what you do. But for people that are that have a lot of different things they're good at, how can you bring all of those things together and create an authority of one? How can you bring them all together so that instead of there are lots of different things, they're all one thing in one niche? And I think that that is the thing that's going to make you stand out because all of a sudden then you're, you're different to everyone else. Um, a lot of people are really scared or I see a lot of coaches or consultants being scared that when they really niche down that deep that they're going to lose, you know, lose clients, lose audience. But as you and I know, it's the opposite when you're known for that one little thing, I mean, it can't be too deep, right? You know, underwater knitting is there's not many people that are going to pay you for underwater knitting. So there is such a thing as niching too tight, but generally, you know, the tighter your niche, the easier it is for people to really understand what you do and for you to be able to attract those people mm -hmm. that, that love what you do. And uh, I know that you totally stand for that too. Oh yeah. That's what we talk about. We spend an, an entire day on that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's simple marketing formula. So um, you're speaking my language. It looks sounds like we could talk for a good three hours on that. Um, uh, what do you say to people who are against niching? 
and they say i want to serve everybody and anybody and do everything under the sun for them and whoever has a pulse i want to talk to them and so what's interesting about that is generally as entrepreneurs we can do just about anything we're we're absolute experts at you know jumping out the plane and and building the parachute on the or building the plane on the way down whatever way you want to say it but just because we can do it doesn't mean we should and i've certainly been there i've learned this like the hard way i did like open up and then really realize how much it hurt my business i went oh let's close this one up again so what i would say is why would anyone come to you if you're doing what a hundred thousand other people are doing like it's just going to make it so hard for you it's going to be really difficult for you to stand out it's going to be really difficult for you to differentiate yourself and if you're not differentiated you can't charge higher fees it's just you that can't. simple you're going to be a commodity you're going to be compared on price so it's a very dangerous place to be yeah and i think you'd be re replaceable too very easily like mm -hmm. someone else shows up with a better price better offer bingo you're out and, I've, yeah. and I've, I have firsthand experience with this too. Like we ran a marketing agency at some point we were offering a ton of things to a ton of different people and, and uh, customers would show up when they'd be like, oh, oops, sorry, Mustafa, see you, we're gone. Mm. It was just that easy because someone else showed yeah. up and did the same thing. And that's what yeah. kind of forced me and pushed me to, to work on specializing, say, in one page marketing plans because there are not too many mm. people that do that say for coaches right yep. exactly as you're saying and it was painful and we had a hard time differentiating ourselves because we were trying to be everything to everybody and it was very mm. frustrating and time time and energy and money consuming and it, it wasn't fun it's not fun at all. Can I share a story around the yeah, day that yeah. I really got this? Mm -hmm. So I was spe speaking on stage at a conference and it was a really good friend of mine. I'd been consulting to him for years. I'd helped him pivot a couple of times in his business um, and helped him with the whole rebranding process, the marketing processes. We, I used to help him fill his events. And he's like, you have to come and speak to my group. You're, you're absolutely amazing at what you do. So I was all really excited. It was a big conference. You know, I'm standing at the back of the room because he's doing the the introduction and and um i'm all excited i'm standing up really tall and feeling great and he says and you know and the next speaker is samantha riley and he's like i have no idea what she does you just need to know that she's amazing and here she is and i kid you not i stood at the back of the room and my stomach just dropped yeah. and it was at that second i went i do not ever want to be introduced like that That's again that, yeah. yeah because he was like yeah she's amazing but she's he's just openly said i have no idea what she just does just know that she's amazing and that was the point where i went you know what we got to bring this in yeah and correct me if i'm wrong that is probably because you offered so many different services mm -hmm. and they were confused correct. about what you do because yeah, there was he not that i was clear. great yeah yeah but he didn't know he said i don't know what she does i don't know how she does it i just know that what she does is amazing she is great yeah. just chat with her yeah yeah, yeah. and no one's going to come and chat with I've, you and they don't know what you do i've i've been there i've been there yeah it's painful yeah. it's painful when you have a hard time differentiating and most yeah, people yeah. when i ask them when i ask them how how are you different they say we do a great job <laughs> yeah and and it can okay so here's the thing it can be 
really difficult to work through these things and it is really embarrassing as well you know when people go what do you do and then they go I don't get it I don't understand but don't hide that in the closet and keep doing what you're doing keep pushing forward keep trying to bring it in keep trying to get clarity around what you're doing because it is so worth it it is so worth it absolutely do you have any tips on how people could pick their niche or target market Mm, I've got a, a, a um, framework that I use called the six X effect. And essentially just imagine it's a triangle that's upside down so that the, you know, the foundation that's normally at the bottom is now at the top. So start at the top with your, with your very broad, you know, usually it's health, wealth, um, relationships or hobbies. We're starting off there. So start off there and then work down, down each of the steps. And if you can get it down to the sixth um iteration that unless you're in a really really tight niche this is where people do really well um so let me give you an example there might be someone that's in the wealth niche um so one step down they help people invest next step down they help women invest next step down they help women invest in property next step down they help women over 40 invest in property next step down women over 40 to renovate to flip property that's six steps down, bang, we've got a really tight niche. It's very easy for people to know who you are, who you work with, what you do. So if you can bring it down to that 6x, then that's that's um, where I'd be aiming to go. Love it. Six steps. So you keep asking, who is my target market mm -hmm. or who is my niche? And you just keep yep. narrowing it down. Yeah, just Beautiful. ask yourself Love the it. questions. Yep. Love it. Love it. Now, um, Samantha, what does your business do differently compared to the rest of the coaches out there? Yeah, I love this. So um, this goes back to, and this is this is quite a, a new iteration for us, and it happened over COVID. Um, and we obviously we're coaches. Coaching is the major part of our business. I went well. What is it that we can do to help our clients? achieve success what is it that we can add to them and the very first extra that we added on was implementation so we give all of our clients access to our team because i realized that so many coaches struggle with implementing the tech or having time to really come up with beautiful designs or you know repurpose their content so uh, we have the coaching aspect we have the implementation aspect and the third part of the triangle is that we use a tool called human design and human design is a, a tool that we use that helps people to understand their unique energetic blueprint in um, energetic blueprint in the world the way that they show up and how we use this to help people is to really um, navigate the challenge that they have with understanding what is my niche or who should I be working with so we were able to look at people's charts and see what it is that you know, the kind of people that they're best serving, the kind of things they should be doing in their business that's going to give them the biggest bang for their buck, um, the different ways that they should respond or make decisions in their business. So when we put together the, the coaching of really unpacking their IP and helping them with their systems, when we give them the team to be able to do this, and when we help them to really glue all of this together with understanding their human design, that I believe um, that we are the only people in the world that have these three steps or these three sides to the business. So that's, that's what makes us different. Love it.
Love it. So the way you do it differently is you guys actually do the tech for your customers. Like you mm-hmm. help them figure things out and you take care of the tech aspects of things, which is where a lot of people fall short. And I've seen people, you know, I've seen people uh, being stuck behind a funnel for a good year or two. Mm-hmm. Still and trying to figure really out the pieces. Sad, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, really? Two years? Like, yeah. could you not go on like some, some place and hire an expert to help you with that? You had to figure it out on your own. But some people don't even know where to start to hire their expert. They are so overwhelmed with the tech that they just have no idea where to begin. So that was definitely something that we saw. I went, how can we help these people? Because their expertise is like off the charts. They're really good at what they do. So I didn't want them to miss out with younger people that were coming in that didn't quite have the expertise that some of these older people had. Um, because you know they were able to navigate the tech so um that's definitely definitely um something that that our clients love love it so um samantha please tell us about uh, the gift that you're sharing with our audience the develop and distill your thought leadership gift. yeah so this is a worksheet that is um the frame all of the frameworks that i t- talked about before of how to Uh, package your IP into a framework. So it's a workbook that helps you to discover or work out your proprietary framework, how to figure out your visual models, how to um, come up with some of your word patterns. Um, And you can get that over at samanthariley.global forward slash thought leader. Yeah. So the link is samanthariley.global forward slash thought leader. So, and the link is going to be in the descriptions of the show as well if you're watching or listening now samantha can i ask you some personal questions sure <laughs> all right so <laughs> what is um a new thing that you have tried recently a new thing um in business or just for pleasure anything anything um anything something that you know you were proud of or made you happy or excited or or even it could have been like maybe even it didn't make you feel good. Something new. Something new. My goodness. Oh, so something new that I did recently is I went to the Crystal Palace, which to me years ago would have sound crazy. But in Australia, this place... Um, I'd heard about it and I was like, this sounds a bit odd to me. It's like acres and acres and acres of uh, like gardens. And I'd heard about how it had crystals in it, but it's beautiful manicured gardens and there are crystals in it, but it was just a beautiful place to go and hang for a day and um, just chill out, get creativity back. Cause I'm sure I'm not the only one that, you know, you we're constantly using our brains we're constantly in front of our customers we're constantly creating and this place was just so beautiful to go and and just like switch off for the day and um you know they had tibetan bowls and um all these like really cool things that we could just chill out and do nothing it was really it's nice. called crystal palace yeah it's in australia love it, love uh, it. yeah <laughs> love it all right what are your top two or three favorite books that have made a massive difference maybe in your life business etc yeah number one would be shoe dog, shoe dog. Uh, which is 
um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the name. It's the the founder of Nike. Nike, I yep. Phil Knight. That's it, Phil Knight. I have it. I have yeah. it right on my shelf here. Such a good book. The, mm -hmm. the, I didn't actually, I guess, learn anything that I implemented in my business, but what it did was made me feel good about myself in that um, just to hear someone else's story and what he went through and what he did to to kind of get to where he is. So that, that would be uh, number one. Um, the Four Agreements um, by um, I think Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, I don't even know if that's how you say it, but the four agreements helped me a lot in my early years in business to just really not take things personally to understand, um, you know, um, I think the four agreements be impeccable to your word, you know, don't take things personally. Um, can't remember the other two off the top of my head, but, but just to, to really like step back and know that everything's okay and not to be ashamed or feel bad about myself and just kind of let it be. Um, and the third book would be um, a book by Michael Port, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Um, oh, What's that about? It is a coaching book. It's about filling your funnel, and it is really, really good. And give me two seconds, and I know we're live. It okay. is book, book Yourself Solid. Book Yourself Solid thought. by Michael Port. Yeah, really good book. Just to, to help, he brings it in and just makes it so simple, you know, from getting your message clear to getting your clients to filling your funnel. And um, I really like the way he, he brings it all together. Love it. What's one advice that made a massive change in your life or business? Biggest, the best piece of business advice I ever got was to hire the best, no matter what they cost. Um, so when I first went into business, it was always like, oh, I can't afford to hire that person. And I'll, you know, and then someone said to me, hire the best and put, you know, invest in your people. It will take your business. Like, don't think about it the other way around. Um, and it definitely is how I grew my business. Always hire the best. I love it. How do you help people? Give us a tip on how we can help people to overcome the challenge of thinking about the money thing. In, the, in hiring people? Yeah. Because mm, like, really people get cheap uh, usually. Totally. And I, you, you need to know where you are as well in your business because if you're right at the beginning of your business, I probably would just, I probably would hire cheap just to get those first few things done. I wouldn't hire cheap, you know, for my first full-timer, but... I, I would hire some freelancers to just get the ball rolling, start to feel okay with delegating tasks, start, feel okay to start letting go of things. Cause you know, it's, we hold on so tight to thinking, you know, we're the best. But once we've got business going, just to really, you have to back yourself. You, there is, it's a mindset thing. You have to back yourself. You need to know what your vision is and know where you're going so that when you do hire them, that you know that it's going to be okay because you know where you're going. If you were going to hire the best and that was someone with a high, you know, a high price, but you didn't know where you were going, you'll dump your money really fast. Don't delegate your vision. Love it. Love it. So hire the best, no matter what the cost. Mm -hmm. Now, Samantha, if you had a Facebook or a Google ad where everyone on the planet with internet could see, what would your message be for the people of Earth? 
Oh, for business or the people of earth, two very, you have one message. There. You have one, one message. message, one message. Um, for the people of earth, it would be to whatever you want your life to look like, whatever you want your life to feel like that is available to you. You don't need to know how right now, but you do need to know what it is and it is available. That's so passionate about that. So then they need to spend time to figure out what they want. Yeah. You know, we, we, we go to school and we're told that we have to be work really hard at the stuff that don't, doesn't come easily to us. And we, we, you know, we get told they have to get good grades and go to university and it's not the case. Like, what is it that you want to do? What is it that truly lights you up? What is it that you love to do? Go do that. Because when you're doing that, you'll light up and you light up the rest of the world. Love it. Samantha, what advice would you give your 20 year old self? I would tell my 20 year old self, it's actually really similar, like back yourself. There's so many times in my life that I haven't backed myself. I've, I've questioned what I'm doing. And when I question what I'm doing, that's when it always, it, it never ends well. You know, if, if you want to do something or if you decide you're going to do it, just hundred percent, go all in, be confident in that. And whatever happens will happen, but back yourself. What do you mean by backing yourself? Yeah. So I mean, be 100% in this is, this is the decision that I'm making and I'm going to go there. And if someone else tells no me matter that's a bit silly, no matter what, if someone else says to me, well, that sounds silly. Or if someone else says that, that sounds crazy. Like, don't let that, don't let that make me come off track. Don't question myself. Go, no, this is why, this is what I'm doing and just really committing to that. If you look at any successful person in the world, they have this crazy idea or this vision and they 100% believe in it. Like who would have thought that, you know, if we had have met Walt Disney before any of these theme parks were around and he said he wanted to buy this massive block of land and have this park and, you know, he was going to go into massive debt for it. I, I reckon that a lot of people would have told him he was crazy. Now, if he didn't 100% know that that's what he wanted to do, he could have easily questioned himself and been like, yeah, actually, that is a bit crazy. I've had 80-something banks say no. Yeah, no, I'm going to step away from this. But he knew what he wanted to do when he went and did it. Yeah, and He kept going until they got, he got it. Absolutely, yeah. Love it. Love it. Samantha, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. I really enjoyed it. You shared some really good uh you know actionable advice and tips that people and entrepreneurs coaches consultants people that are watching listening could advise could use and implement today and so is there anything that you would like to add that maybe we didn't get a chance to um, talk about i think going back to the systems i really want people to understand that systems aren't something that you create when you get to a magic number it's not something that you create when you get to you know three hundred thousand revenue or 500 or a million it's something that you can create now so even if you're starting out start to get into the habit of creating the systems start to get into the habit of creating your frameworks and it will just be easier as you move forward it's the fastest way to grow if you've already got systems in place 
people can come in and help as you grow you won't have those um those scaling issues where you hit a wall so yeah definitely that that would be the the biggest piece of advice that, that i'd love like to give around that love it so you create the systems to grow you don't grow to reach a point to create systems correct right it's not correct. like I, I i have a thing but with people when i ask them do you have a plan they're like we're not big enough to have a plan yeah, it doesn't it doesn't no it doesn't work like that it comes first it's like it's like and I, you know what my immediate response is that's kind of like saying i'll get pregnant when you give me a baby <laughs> well, people used to, I used to work in a gym and people used to say to me, I'll get a personal trainer when I lose weight. I'm like, oh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much, Samantha. This was really amazing. I really loved your energy and the information you shared gang. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for, um, supporting us as usual, please like, and subscribe to whichever channel you're watching, share the uh, episode with other people on your network and share the love, share the information with them. And uh, if you have any questions for me or Samantha, put them in a the chat box. If you know someone that could benefit from this conversation, systems, technology, and processes and frameworks and the rest of it, which is like uh, very near and dear to my heart, tag them at, in a comment and have them, you know, tap into Samantha's wisdom because she's got 30 years of, is it 30 or less than 30? 28. 20-ish. <laughs> you said 27 years, right? Am 20, I wrong? 28. 28 years yeah. this year. We're pretty close. So I'm rounding up. <clears throat> I like it. She she knows what she's doing is what I'm trying to say at the end of the day. Go to the expert and she will guide you and she will save you light years of headache, time, money, energy, and resources. Like when she said hire the best, no matter what the cost, it will actually cost you less to hire someone that is good and expensive. Because what happens is you get someone cheap and they end up taking 10 times as much time and money. You think you're being smart, but you're not. So go to the expert and, you know, don't get cheap with that. Thank you very much. Uh, go to uh, go to samanthariley.global forward slash thought leader to download Samantha's gift. And if you have any questions, put them in a comment and we will see you later. Happy New Year and uh, Merry Christmas. The next episode of our show is actually going to be in the new year, later in the January. I'm taking a month off, not doing any more shows until the new year. So this is the last show that we're doing for 2021. This is our 81st episode, and I will see you in the new year. Have a good one. Bye now. Thanks.